I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is as creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right, Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who you, Doug really is not comfortable yeah. with Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope? Buck Swope asked Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah! <laughs> I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is struck. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's going to have it. Why? Oh no, I just know he does. The wonderful Buck Swope. You know Buck Swope? Well, yeah. Seem to have kind of an issue with Buck Swope. Right. It always goes back to Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. Mr. Buck T. Swope. What's up, kids? You're listening to Swope's Picks, Episode 5. A look back at Ask Tony. Ask Tony was a recurring segment on the morning grind where Martin Kilcoin impersonated Cardinals manager Tony LaRussa. A little later on, we'll be joined by Martin himself to get his thoughts. But right now, we're going to flash back to summer 2005. Oh, get on with it, muff. Get on with it, muff. Oh, get on with it, muff. That's focus. Hey, uh, Joel Goldberg called me before the game. Of FSN, we send a reporter on the road. Jolly load at the Midwest uh, FS Fox uh, show, and he told me that John Stamos was there and was actually in uniform, and you had an emergency meeting with Jockety, and you guys were thinking about activating John Stamos oh, Uncle to play second base last night's game. Why did you decide against that? No, well, that's. I mean, I hadn't really talked about it till now, but no, I mean he's a, he's an outstanding ball player. There's a lot of people, like Pollock plays with softball with him. Kevin so, Kevin Pollock? Yeah, they play a little softball. So he called. We're looking to give a rest. That's why we're calling people up left and right. You know, playing a lot of crap players. So <laughs> we were considering that. And Stamos, I mean, he's got a gun. I mean, talk about Gerzelanek, Gr- the way he turns it, Marky Load. Well, look at Stamos. Have you ever seen him turn two? No. Well, I think if you did... You don't understand why we almost made the What move. kind of message is that going to send to a guy like Bo Hart who's trying to get back up to the majors and then you bring John Stamos out of nowhere and put him at second base? No, I mean, the message is the big leagues. So, I mean, that's I mean, we considered 84 in the Sox. We we're going to let Penny Marshall play left. I mean. Wow, I didn't even know about that. Well, she can play ball. So, I mean, it, it's all about competing. I can't worry about people's feelings. Hey, Tony, I uh, <laughs> saw you at the Springsteen concert the other night, and I'd like your opinion of the concert. And uh, do you approve of his nickname, The Boss? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, like, you know, say they're in charge, call me Big Shot, dig me. Now, there's a guy, I mean, you call him the boss. He is a boss. So, no, it was outstanding. I mean, I had to cut out a little early. Why'd so, you have to get out early? What's going on? No, I went down, I, mean, I told Isaac I was going to be down at his show. So, I mean, I I mean, you could not have a more electric one-two punch, you know, unless you had, like, Womack, Renteria or something. But, no, I mean, I had, like, Chris Isaac. Shot at the... Uh, no, I mean that's that's how Buzz said it. I didn't say that. So, Buzz covered the 2003 season. Renneria and Womack were together in 2004. Well, I think the important thing to remember is, <laughs> I mean, it's like Isaac says. I mean, he actually a lot of people don't know is from the Bay Area when he wrote Wicked Game. We're sitting around, we have a little pino after one of the tough loss. So I said, it's a wicked, wicked game. It'll kill you, breaks your heart. So he said, would you mind if I write a little song called Wicked Game? No. Yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that, so Isaac, I was happy to be there. The did, boss were you? Why weren't you in that video, the video where he's with, rolling around the beach with Helena Christensen? How do you do, Tony? No, you got to look close. I'm there. Where are you? Behind one of the palm trees? No, I'm not going to do your homework for you. Tony, we know you're busy, but you're sticking around, and that shows your loyalty to the fans. No, it's, it's for the fans. I mean, we've got a meeting coming up, so let's let's go. we got, we got a meeting coming up? I mean, no, it's, it's, the, eight, the, it's the 8, club. 8.06. How are you going to have a meeting? 
Well, the, with the ball ball club. They're going to be down at the ballpark. Yes, at sir. Eight? It's time to get locked in. Isn't that a little early? I mean, it's, no, he's you know. not. See, now he's starting to sound like the center fielder. <laughs> Always griping. Have you noticed that Jim's been a little bit uh, sour? Yeah, I, I blame you. Why? What's the cat or the whole girl? Well, the, the club, whatever your morning zoo. Club morning, show. It's called the morning zoo. It's yes. a morning called the morning club show. <laughs> yeah, like the breakfast zoo. Yeah, that's. I mean, he didn't need it. I think. I think like all year, you guys like slowed him down. He would have hit two fifty if not for us. No, I, I think like I talked to Jim a couple times. You know, radio must go. Is that, is that a shirt now? No, it could be for him. That would be his shirt. If everybody likes signature shirts, yeah. What would so's be? Uh, you are the gooch when it comes to producing. You are no mooch. All right, John Gall, go. Hey, welcome to the big leagues. Have a ball, John Gall. <laughs> these are all shirts. You're actually doing these. Do you yeah, print I, these things yourself, or do you actually go through a company? No, uh, I talked to like Barry last night with a lot of friends in the screen. Would you like screen printing? Sure, printing screen. Yeah, they like screen print. They put like the ink and you know letters. So yeah, like it's a very. What do you got? A bunch of those shirt tees printed up. Yeah, you look around. Look, a lot of guys have very catchy shirts. So yeah, I think it's a very important part of our club. I did give you a dig me T-shirt. I give you. I give you like today. Get off the ledge. It's only Lidge. I think we've heard enough. 808, you're listening to the Morning Grind on 590 The Fan KFNS. It's Ask Tony, a very special edition because it's two segments worth. Don't be an astro. Let's go. <laughs> Terry, you're on 590 The Fan. Ask Tony. Now, I have a two-part question for you, Tony. I appreciate if you could take both of them. Um, number one, in the off season, do you play any kind of games to keep your, your edge up? You know, Yahtzee, uh, Stratego, Scrabble. What's your game of choice? Secondly, let's say that uh, Garner initiates uh, one of his pitchers to uh, come inside and throw it at one of your players' heads. Do you think Dunk could take him? Good questions. Well, I take like the last first. I I would not mess with Dave Duncan. It's a so, bad, bad man. So that is in the book too. Uh, oh, the first like games. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Elaine and I would play Frogger. A lot of times, you play like, Frogger on an Atari. You have an Atari that still functions. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. I so mean, just you and Elaine are sitting there playing Frogger. It's a very like healthy brain game. Like I know, I know. if I go left, will the log go right? Will I? If I go straight, is a lily pad moving? So I, there's a lot of to keep yourself mentally sharp. Jim Fergosa used to play Kerplunk before every game he would manage, and that led the '93 Phillies to their success, yeah. as I recall. Yeah, there's they a lot. They used to call themselves the Kerplunkers. I remember that. Yeah, there's one like Find Zelda or something. It's like a little... Legend of Zelda. Sure, you play that. You have a Nintendo as well as an Atari. Yeah, I think like anything can keep your brain. You know, like the only thing that I found just a little too overstimulating is like centipede is too too much. Why is a centipede a problem? It's just overstimulating. It goes too fast. Scott, five ninety the fan ass Tony. Scott, five ninety the fan ass Tony. Hey, what's going on? Got to hit that button, right? I don't know what's going on. Uh, Scott, uh, ask Tony. Yeah, we're here. Can you hey, hear us? Hey, I think some mess up with your phones. Oh, we all have stories. Yeah. Hey, ask away. Up, you got the skipper right here. Hey. <laughs> he doesn't have time for this crap. I know. So, well, uh, Tony, ask, uh, I have a little question for you. Uh, I know you're big into ARF and everything. What do you feel about uh, the baseballs being made out of uh, leather? Well, I think that's, that's actually misreported. 
Down a lot of a lot of baseballs right now. Soy, I think, isn't it a soy casing? Soy, oh, soy milk. No, uh, Woody Harrelson. I was a good man. He got a lot of hemp balls that have been made now. You look at our club, the way we hit the rocks out of the ball gets like just flies out of the park. So a lot. If you look close, we're not we're not using the cow balls anymore. It's so, hemp. So the Cardinals are using different balls than everybody else in baseball. It doesn't seem fair. No, I talked to Bud about it. The All Star game. It's all. It's a new thing. It's very un, underreported. Yeah, no, I, I, we're not going to have those anymore. Like, cow leather. What do you call it? like leather cow? No, we're not going. <laughs> no, no. We, we, we have already made a change. The on our gloves club. seem to be leather. Yeah, I don't. I mean, those aren't made out of hemp. I can tell. How close do you look? We got some gloves that are made out of velvet. It's a very soft, comfortable glove. No, Michael Jackson wears a velvet glove. I don't think what I'm seeing in the field are yeah, velvet so gloves. Yeah, so diamond studs. No, I think you got to look a lot closer. <laughs> no, I... Have you watched the games, Cat? I was watching last night. I thought I was watching. No, I mean, you could hear. I mean, there's a nice little lady. There's a call a couple times. She's crocheted some gloves. We're going to look at those. Alternative methods. I think you can't go wrong. I mean, Sparky told me a long time ago. I mean, you're going to be open to a lot of things. Yeah. I, don't th- I don't think that's respecting the game. No, know the game, love the game, and, and no, don't disagree. play it with hemp. Mike, you're on 590 The Fan. Ask Tony. Good morning, Tony. Why, prior to answering any question, do you always make that noise like, well? <laughs> uh, no, that's that's a good question. Now, that's very funny because, like, uh, Elaine, you know, they said, serious question, like, is it yes or no? And I said, duh. <laughs> As you said, after all these years, I, I must know, is, bah. Yes or no? Uh, so I thought about it. I, I think it's kind of like I'm not sure, and I, I don't like I don't like bullcrap answers like maybe. But you know, Boz is kind of <laughs> I'm working up to it. Well, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I want to be very accurate, very respectful. So I'll take a second or two. You ask me any questions, I say bye. I'm chewing on it. That's like a mental chew. <laughs> I got some peach chew over here. Yeah, you guys want to try the mental. No, I'm not talking about like a real, like, you know, stick that water dip in your mouth. No, I'm not talking about that dip me, you do, but no, it's like a mental chew. Adlin, you're on 590 The Fan. Ask Tony. Tony, Tony, what's up? Well, I'll tell you what's up about 10 06 tonight. <laughs> hey, man, I want to ask you this question, man. Uh, look, I, I got a problem, and. Uh, no, we all have problems. Problem. Well, this is what it is. The fellas say that uh, I should call this 1-800 number. I'm I'm addicted to strip clubs. Mm. And so I said, well, instead of calling this therapist, I'll call Tony. Good for you. Tony has all the answers. So, Tony, you know, my girl broke up with me yesterday. Oh, no. I'm trying to figure out, man, give me all the answers, man. How can I stop going over to Brooklyn, Illinois, looking at those beautiful women? All right. Thank you, Adam. We'll huh? get you the answer here. No, this that's is a real problem. No, yeah. that's it's like real life. You know, a lot of times you remind her you just beat yourself up over like a bunt. Didn't work. No, but then you wake up, you read the paper. No, you talk to people. No, that's a that's a real heartfelt question, and I appreciate. No, that's a legitimate question. I mean, we have ball players who spend a little too much time over there. I mean, I have my people that tell me who who goes over to the pink tulip and all that. So I, I'm, I'm I'm familiar. I think what I would do if I'm Evan, I think you go slow. It's like you talk to a ball player who's very hefty. You don't say, hey, don't eat donuts. You say, hey, eat six. Like a week later, I'll talk to him. i say, hey, try three. So if I'm, one sitting? Yeah. So I, I, I link like Evan. If I'm you. His name was Edlin. What was that? Edlin. Edlin. Well, him too. I think I think the key is get yourself back, you know, like a lap dance tonight. Go ahead, you know, have a little moment. But 
tomorrow, don't go. Okay, now like Saturday, okay, go ahead and go. But let's just order a cocktail, but no lap dance. How about like a shoulder dance? I think maybe like, you know, a little mild brush up, but nothing elaborate. I think it's all about scaling back and eventually maybe the loved one will come back into your life because she will have seen you wean yourself and it doesn't be trying to be funny Tim but it will get yourself weaned off the strip club what would you recommend him do on the day where he doesn't go to the strip club I mean that's part of the addiction you need to get him through those 24 hours when he can't go over to the pink tulip no I think I think you'll watch baseball a lot of times it'll help you get your mind off it you know you see the man holding a stick and you say whoa I don't want to think about what happens over at those clubs right now you really have to focus on the game so I think, yeah, I mean, you could, I think there's a way around all that a lot of times, and maybe even just read the book. What if he got himself one of those Australian Shepherds? No, like the Australian Cattle Dog, I believe, is the most loyal dog on earth. So, I mean, I, as you get yourself a close friend, a lot of times what happens, it's very unhealthy because a lot of these women, they don't really love you. Tony, we appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for breaking it down. Thank you for help, helping Edlin out. I think that'll hopefully get him through his, uh, his addiction to the pink tulip. Um, you ever been over to the Pink Tulip? No, sir. All right. Well, good luck. Lot, to- I mean, I, I barely leave the clubhouse, as you know. I thought there was so. a book signing there. Maybe I, it was a different book. That was Hollywood Nights. No, I'm, I, I understand. Like the young people like to rob. I'll be at the Cheshire Tonight signing. So if you'd like to see, uh, read the book. I'm in your office yesterday, mm. and I don't mean to, you know, out you, but you're writing stuff down. And I looked down at what you were writing, and it looked like a poem. Well, that's, that's like personal business. Well, come I mean, on. I, I feel close to this club. I mean, it's not uncommon. Well, I've written poems you before. Clo- you, f- you feel close to us to share. Yeah, right. And read but the like, poem. A lot. I mean, I wrote one in 2003. Read the poem. Like 2003. I mean, I like Tino's a wiener, but it didn't rhyme, so I put it away. So, well, I, I, okay, I, but this is not finished. All right. It's nice that you're sharing that. Now the Cardinal Skipper is going to share some poetry with us. Thank you. I mean, I like to share with the club more than, but no, there's nobody listening, so. Cardinals 2005, and that's no jive. It has been a great, great year. Won't you write something nice, please, Mr. Bernie? Doesn't rhyme. It has been a great, great year. (laughs) Write something nice, Mr. Bernie. So many great, great moments. I'd like to cue up some video. How about some journey? We played hard. We competed. That's no bunk. Pitching, pitching, pitching. <laughs> Way to go dunk. I'm a little bit nervous. It's playoff time. You never know who could beat you. Maybe a guy like Blouser. But I like our club. They're gritty. They're hungry. Not unlike a schnauzer. <laughs> so, no, there's a lot of, I mean, that's that's a rough draft. It's beautiful. No, I, think, I mean, that's a lot of, it's very personal stuff. So, and I think like Tim, I mean, you jump the gun. You got to let it breathe. So, like, the burning journey, it was coming. You just needed to wait. It's not like a haiku where it's going to be obvious. This is more like, uh, you know, Tony time. You know, I knew you were a deep guy, and uh, you are, you know. I, I appreciate you sharing. I know that that wasn't easy for you. Well, I mean, I just don't like, you probably, like, rewrite it say, like, oh, no, here comes Tony. He got the fungal bat. But Look don't out. worry, because I'm the cat. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say something about him hitting my baloney. That's what you call it? Jeff Blauser reference. Well, like playoff, you look at the playoff numbers. How many know, things rhyme with Schnauzer? Honestly, Tim. That Doogie Hauser, Neil Patrick Harris. Very good. No, he's, a good big he's a good friend. I don't really want to incorporate him because he's done a lot of good work. He's got a big forehead. I but that's, that's just so unfair to him. You're up first on Ask Tony, 590 Mor- The Fan. Morning, Tony. How are you doing today? 
Yeah, I try to I try to write me in the poem. So like, hey, Calvin, his name <laughs> is May. Sometimes he has questions. Sometimes he just say, hey. But that uh, that's not that didn't make the that didn't make the cut. There you go. Hey, uh, with there you go. Uh, do you uh, if, if the Cards uh, beat the the Pirates today? Uh, do you prefer that the fans uh, wait till tonight after the Houston uh, Florida game to start celebrating, or, the, or can they start celebrating after the game this afternoon? Well, that's it's right on cue. I mean, that's a very important topic today. We will talk to our club about it. I think the, the fans have so much respect. <clears throat> so, I mean, if they want to start celebrating like sixth inning, you know, your girlfriend next to you, you want to like throw some nachos at her, like pretend like you're a lot of the fans want to be a part of it. So, what kind of celebration is that? Nacho throwing? Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, you like a funnel cake, throw it on the field. I mean, I, I prefer that you don't do that. But Mike, you're on five ninety. The fan. Hey, morning, Tony. Yeah, good morning. Hey, I got a question. I know your uh, new team theme is this hard nine thing. Is it true that you guys got that from uh, So's favorite uh, Japanese porno? Oh, no, so no, that's, that's, a, that's a, I think that's a great question. That's why I love our fans. Well, they, yeah, they that's ask, one of those Sally questions. Yeah, that's a lot of like Sally going down the wrong alley. <laughs> I just, I guess she's I was, a fine looking galley. Well, that's just crap. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, it looks like soul season. That's what you want to talk about. It's like the hard nine. That's just disrespectful. Like, if you're disrespectful to people in the porn business, that's just not fair. Do you know anybody in the porn business? Like, they do anything with ours? No. You I mean, do. not that I know of. You do. I don't, there's a lot of guys with funny mustaches. I'm suspicious. <laughs> Phil Garner. Scott on 590 The Fan asked Tony. Hey, Tony, how are you doing this morning? Well, ask me in about, about like, like later. 10 hours. Later. Oh, okay. You like know, eight. different batters no. have theme music when they come to the plate. I think your music, when you come to take out Ray King, you know, for an example, should be uh, Corey Hart's I Wear My Sunglasses at Night. Okay. So that's like a very catchy song. It's also like an era that I happen to love, like the 80s. So 1985, I think. It was yeah, I mean, I like Corey Hart. Look at his like, body. When like put out like an anthology, you got a lot of great stuff. I really can only think of two songs. No, I think like you got to go back. You listen to the records? Thought I did. You ever uh, get a few wines in you, put on some Corey Hart music and dance in front of a mirror? <laughs> Is that like a shot because I like poetry now? Suddenly, like I'm funny to you? Hello. No, I'm not like... Where's the fungo bat? No, I, I think like the Corey Hart, I mean, like respect for the listener. The Corey Hart, that's a great, great observation. I think that's something we'll talk about. Scott, you're on 590 The Fan. Ask Tony. Hey, Tony. Uh, you always talk about how the fans in St. Louis are really a part of the team. Um, I, I think the fans would like to know, after an afternoon of celebrating, which players will just be the absolute Loppiest and stupidest. It's a great question. Thank you, Scott. Tommy. Uh, no, I mean you look like past, Tommy. well, like past history. You know, like Tavares. Like he sprayed me last night, just getting ready. So, I think he's the obvious play. But I say like under the radar, very, very under the radar. I think like Anar Diaz. As a guy, has been with other clubs. He's waited a long time. I think he deserves his moment. So, if I had to play, like we had like office pool, which we may put together this morning. Mm. Like office pool, like craziest, drunkest Cardinal. And that's disrespectful, but I probably played the NR card. Now, in 2000, I remember in his first celebration with the club, J.D. Drew had two glasses of purple passion, and he was a mess. Yeah, well, he's a young guy. I mean, that's like you got to break in. Like first celebration, I would recommend. Like we actually have a flow chart. So like Thompson tonight, like for him, I say like have a little Hawaiian punch, maybe a shot of rum, but that's it. So like until you're like a veteran guy. What does a veteran like Edmonds drink then? Well, I think like he's been around a while. He's done this, so like a beer bong for him and Larry Walker would be okay because it's like 
multiple clinch. We're going to look at guys. Everybody's going to have a little uh, label on whether they're a multiple clincher. So we'll know <laughs> whether they'll be, like, over-served. So, like, the young guys, yeah. I mean, like, I don't want any, like, Jägermeister floating around. I think the legitimate thing, and we talked a lot about this with our club, legitimate thing is if it's more than two clinches, you do the beer bong. What is so drink? Does so drink have like a sake bong? Oh, that's offensive. That's Why? Offensive. Why is that offensive? No, we try and we look out for our entire club. So yeah, we'll have some sake in there. Now, if it gets hot, it's a tough thing to spray because it can you know burn your ass. So I would be careful with the sake. Well, it's something to look forward to this afternoon. Cardinals with the potential to clinch, and even if they don't, apparently they're going to stage a clinching in the locker room. No, that's just, so we can run just the for the cameras. Now, that's, yeah, it's not, we can't run it. Right. That's the deal. So like, uh, if we don't clinch till Saturday, then you say, "Oh, look, this just happened." But you're in the Cardinal locker room. That seems a little weird since you're playing in Wrigley. Well, that's you gotta you know shoot it. You gotta shoot it properly. Yeah, so it's all about the angles. You know how to shoot the angles. So I think you fool people. I had a question on your uh, starting pitcher for the playoffs. Uh, do you have, have you given any thought to possibly like announcing Carpenter as your starting pitcher for Game One and having him field the questions, and then maybe like talk, throwing in a rookie pitcher or maybe even Rick Ankiel? It's hmm. a great idea. I think that's been done before yeah, very successfully. I mean, no, I think like that's like five years ago. Oh, two thousand. Yeah, I mean, you remember? So I didn't know. That's that's something I'm probably not going to do again because once you do it, it's it's a trick. It's like if you're going to be Doug Henning, whoa, rabbit out of the hat. How many times you do that? So like all of a sudden you're going to make a plane disappear. Are you comparing yourself to Doug Henning? No, I'm more like the plane. So I think it's important to always keep people guessing. Can't do the same trick. Is Doug Henning going to take batting practice before any of the playoff games? No, there's a chance, like, up in Milwaukee. He's playing, like, the Paps Theater on Saturday. So there's a <laughs> I chance. I thought he was dead. Well, uh, his son is very, very clever as well. <laughs> Jim really? J. Bullock and, and Doug Henning, we killed them both. Is he really, is he really dead? I, I think so. I don't know. I mean, you might, but I mean, he's a magician, so he might still be hanging around. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is just for show. We have Willie on line three. Willie, you're on 590 The Fan Morning Grind. Ask Tony. Hey, Skip. How you doing? Okay. Hey, um, on Monday, Martin re- reported that uh, how you said that Bobby Cox, you know, gets into the head of the umpires, but how you know, I have a great admiration for Cox. Did uh, Fernando Tatis have the same ad- admiration for Cox as you do? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good question. It's Willie. I mean, I think Fernando, I mean, when I played in Montreal, played in Tampa, I never played for Bobby. I mean, I, it's just the freaking moaning. I mean, I don't know what you're trying to go down, like some dirty road or something. I mean, I try to answer the questions. What do you, what do you, I don't understand. You, don't understand. you know, dirty road. I take the old dirt road every once in a while. The old Mud Island Ferry. I mean, I maybe try tie it all in. We got freaking moaning going on in Atlanta. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't get the connection. You're a big fan of Yadier Molina. He's struggling offensively. Uh, but Cavs, he's you, always on topic. You're, uh, you're, you know, you're tinkering around a little bit. Have you ever thought about letting Molina take one of the starts on the mound? Uh, I mean, I. You got to consider all things. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the thing he needs to jumpstart him. Uh, I mean, you got to try and get an edge. He's got a good arm. I mean, I, I Dunk says everything. He, I mean, he's got great stuff, so you can't rule it out. But I think long term, our fans are going to see this guy is so good. I mean, you're going to forget about Tom Nieto just like that. <laughs> I don't think St. Louisans will ever forget about Tom Nieto. Well, I mean, you give you give Yachty the season. I think it'll happen. I'd say put him in the rotation. Do it. Do it. 
you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of school because this is something I picked up being yeah. around your office before the game. But you were complaining about who was going to pull down the final numbers, and I thought it was kind of weird. But did yeah, I hear you say? Did, did I hear you say you were ticked off that Dan Issa didn't get to pull down one of the final three numbers? You're not, but you're not supposed to talk about that on the. No, it's not not what I said. You said that. Buzz said it. No, I said I. Th- now, I feel it. It's some legitimate guys, but I think. I mean, you got to find a way, some way. You know, look at it, you know, Cardinal career. I just, I'm a little, little disappointed. Like Mike DeFelice didn't get a shot, and that's all. So I think you bring back like Defer or like Pat Hankin, that would have been a nice who's touch. Defer, yeah, DeFelice. Defer, never heard that before. It's like, well, you got to be around the club. <laughs> Willie, you're on five ninety. The fan, morning grind. Ask Tony. Hey, good morning, Skipper. Hey, um, I was wondering for the home games if we could get a hard eight and a half stickers or or T-shirts or something like that. You know. Instead of the hard nine. Peter North already has that uh, trademarked, I believe. Well, we got a lot. There's a lot of slogans that are out there now. So, like a hard 11. I mean, that's going to be a new club for the Camp Miss October. Get to the hard 11. Really? We got to win 11. So, you got to get a three, you got four, that's seven. So, you got four more. So, you got to like 11 is get you a series. What about for the final games in the regular season? You get a hard three, and then they kind of mail it in after that. Oh, it's right. We talk about our club like every night, like be prepared. So a lot a lot of it is managerial strategy. So I think if you like give a guy a little boost, like I know like Burnett said, he's going to you know, pat on the back. So like Jack McKean. So last night I gave like T-shirts out. Matty Moe is good to go. So I gave him a shirt. So <laughs> You gave that to all the players or just more? Well, no, they're looking Did they have their own rhyme? And that's a that's a 30-year-old man. He might have thought that was a little goofy. Well, I mean, you saw the results. So, I mean, like Marquis said, this is for Marquis. We are still pleased. So, I mean, I don't want... What rhymes with Nunez? Well, you got to think about it. So he didn't get his shirt yet. Well, like an easier one. I mean, like you can play the easy one if you say, hey, it's Mahoney. He's legit. No baloney. But that's... <laughs> So that shirt's been made? <laughs> no, I got it like handy. I mean, I need them to pinch it. So you got to like, I mean, I think the point is, you know, always look like to motivate the club, whatever it may take. Do you think that this shirt thing is really, you know, the move? Yeah, like, you know, Dunk and I struggle a little bit. Like, Pujols is a tough one. You know, he won't fool us. We don't know if that works. But I think... So you, you and Dave Duncan have meetings on what will rhyme on the shirts? A lot of times, like late in the, yeah, late in the ball game, like scribbling in the big book. You got the big black book. I thought yeah. that was like statistics and stuff. That's actually rhymes. Never seen, well, you've never seen it. Have you seen it? it? Just seems like it might be a trivial thing to be doing in the middle of a game. That's all. Rudy, you're on five ninety. The fan, the morning grind with Tony. Welcome. All right, hi Tony. Hey, um, yeah, I noticed uh, Matt Morris been um, overthrowing his uh, breaking pitches. No, I, I, see, I don't. I don't agree at all. So I, no, sir. Okay, I think he's been throwing them too hard and straightening them out. Oh, so, them out, you know. So you and they ain't been getting the break they normally get. So you you don't think he's been outstanding? Huh? You don't think he's been no. outstanding? Um, no, he's um, he he's just been overthrowing. He ain't been getting the break. The, Rudy, are you saying that uh, Moore shouldn't be the, the the game three starter? What are you saying? What are you saying to the Cardinal skipper? He needs. I'm just saying he needs to start getting more break to, uh, breaks. So break, what? So he needs to get more ball. breaks. He's overthrowing. He's like, he's throwing his breaking balls in the upper eighties uh, when they should be about middle eighties, where they start getting more break to him. Well, Rudy, is that I, it? I, I love, I love the fans. Like a lot of insight, but I think like Rudy, 
Sounds to me like a guy who may not remember 82. So I yeah, think... Yeah, hey, I, I remember um, Karen Carpenter singing the national anthem. And uh, let's see, she went into rehab after that. And then she, so it sounds, uh, it after like rehab, a... she went home. And I guess I believe she passed away like about... Um, yeah. Well, she passed away about three months after she sung the national anthem, maybe three and a half months. Still a little doubt about the health of Mark Mulder, whether he can go in game two. If he's not starting that game, I heard oh, a rumor there that it could is be... Is there a little doubt? It could be Patrick Laleem. You're kidding me. How does that work? That makes no it, sense. He's the Blues a, goalie. I read on a message board, Tony. Well, a lot of times, this, this time of year, there's a lot of confusion. You look at your club, and I say, hey, who's going in the game? And I feel like I may be talking to Oswald, but it may actually be Gallo. So <laughs> a lot of times, yeah, you have to be careful... Who you tell? Like I told Supon, he's pitching game four. It turned out it was Marquis. It was kind of dark in the clubhouse because Edmonds is monkey around with the lights. So <laughs> I accidentally gave a start, but you got to you're true to your word. I mean, it happened before. I, you know, I told Steve Trout he was starting game one. I thought it was Lamar Hoyt. So if you stick with it, the networks have to scramble. You change the graphics and stuff. Scott, you start off this segment of Ask Tony. You're on five ninety. The fan. Hey, Tony. Yes, sir. Good morning. Well, we'll see you about four. 13 and a half hours. Uh, Halloween is uh, fastly <laughs> approaching, and uh, we'll probably be in the World Series at that point. But uh, any thoughts on a Halloween costume? Great um, question. I'm thinking uh, maybe you can go as Martin Kilcarn because I think you could pull that off pretty good. Have a uh, good day. Good question, Scott. Thanks, yeah, uh, like, Was it Kilcane? Yeah, he's he's got like a hefty guy. He's a little hefty, yeah. Yeah, big load. I you know I probably wouldn't want to put like a pillow underneath. So I no, I did like a like a. A catchy outfit, like maybe like Robert Conrad, something like put that battery on my shoulder and like knock it off. I dare you. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, people said that like Bobby Conrad and I look a little alike. So, I mean, we got kind of like a, they were both well tanned, you know, dark, dark hair. I was always under the impression you simply had an outfit that you wear every year, which is just a, a cat outfit, and you put on a, like a little. I see, that's, that's it's not too far off, like one at the house. Like a little get together, like the trick or treat. But you know, the theme is like only dogs and cats allowed at the house. So you come in, you purr, you get like a little trick or treat. So yeah, I thought like every it's kind of a cute little. What if you show up as a wildebeest? No, so you got to like the theme because again, you got to like. Well, the why would you discriminate against an animal that wasn't part of the? Theme? That's a good point. Understand. I mean, what if I showed up as a gerbil? You know, whatever it has, you know, you guys like a cause. Our cause is like dogs and cats. So you come by ferrets. I care like the what cute, about a ferret? cute little like pumpkin basket. Have a track. <laughs> so you have strange kids come into your home and perform tricks dressed up as cats and dogs. That seems a little perverse. I got no, it's, it's like one. I don't need to listen. Did I say that? No, he did not say that. It sounded like I don't it. know what he said. Something about a cute little pumpkin basket. <laughs> no, you, you collect your treats. How you do you, how do you collect your treats? Uh, my shirt pockets. Well, like the World Series on October thirtieth. I just put them in my shirt pocket. We'd be playing in uh, you know Chicago. <laughs> Uh, what's the other one? L.A. Anaheim. The night before Halloween, yeah, we'd probably carry out the lineup cards and a little pumpkin basket. <laughs> Will you be dressed up as a dog or cat doing it? I'll talk to the network. How do you enjoy doing those in-game interviews? Yeah, you uh, seem like you're really into those. Well, it, it depends. I mean, like, John Miller is one who is very sharp, so when he does it, you know, what is it? LaRusa! He's... <laughs> Yeah, I think it depends on who's doing it, but I know I'm very you know share with the fans. I know that uh, you have certain pregame rituals when it's a big game, a magnitude of this uh, game six, which could be a you know the final game if you don't win it. What kind of things do you do? Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things you know like 
over the years, like routine, is very important to our club. But yeah, like postseason time. Well, for me, like like getting the mindset, get like an old Nazareth T-shirt I put on. Nazareth. Yeah, I get a little cup of Joe. Like I go over. Yeah, like the the tea tower. Tower tea. Yeah, I go over there. Like take some rips. I got like an old. I uh, got the old Naz- Nazareth shirt. Got some old Wayfarers. I, I like to lock in and take some rips. So I like stand at the plate, and I can really like visualize like a Mike Squires going deep. And I say, all of a sudden, you know, hey Nordhagen, lay down a bunt. So I, I I really think it's important like to feel the game before you see the game. Got to visualize. Are they? Yeah, I mean, I think you know. I know what they know. Do I mean, you wear the Nazareth shirt under the? No, I can't talk about that. No, there's certain things that are like a little clubhouse. You got to keep the clubhouse. I hope you respect that. Well, I, res- I respect it, I guess, but I don't think it's really a big deal. No, I didn't say it was a big deal. Tony, uh, did you look across at the other dugout and see anyone doing the robot in the Astros dugout? Uh, no, no, I see, like Burke was doing the robot. I saw it. Yeah, uh, they got like you know the, the, the bees buzzing. Is, is you know it's okay, but I didn't like you know the, the walk. Yeah, yeah. What you call it, like the walk moon? It's a little bit too much. I think was really, really disrespectful to Willie Tavares. I saw, I mean, he did like a little break dance on the mound. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect the mound, respect the game. I think they crossed the line a little bit, but our club, I mean, we played the hard nine. Who was doing the uh, walk moon? Well, you know, I was just, just talking to us. Just, just us, no other listening. Club. Well, it was Jose Cruz, who, you know, I respect, a former Cardinal, beloved. So it was a little disappointing, I think. You know, I, I expect more. Iron scrap doesn't allow that normally, so I think they'll they'll get it back together. Chris, you're on five ninety. The fan. Hey, how's it going, Tony? Uh, just looking for Calvin. Just a little surprise. Not bad. Yeah. Enough. So, but you know, bad, that could be a bad uh, bad luck. No, don't say. Knock, knock wood, knock knock cat's head. Well, I'll step up into this first spot here. Um, yes, sir. A couple of questions, real quick here. I know that uh, the Cardinals. One of the things about them all year long is they're very sound fundamentally on defense. And uh, I was wondering, maybe after the season's over, if you might uh, step on as a defensive coordinator with the Rams and uh, try to help out over there. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. And also, what do you think of the Thundersticks? Great questions. I, Great. As far as the Rams thing, it, it seems pretty obvious to me that they don't need any help, so that would be a they got uh, What do they got, that Marmee, well, who is the, the best? He's the best. Yeah, I, uh, Larry is. I mean, he's top-notch, like, legit, but... If you want to talk like our club, like defense, like set examples, which we try and do, yeah, look at like Luna's work the last couple of days. I mean, I think there's an example right there. Like if you lock in defensively, you can win some ball games. He's so, made a couple plays. Well, I think, I mean, he's been outstanding. Have you watch the games? Yeah, yeah, he made two errors. What about those stick thunders? No, the thunder sticks. <laughs> thank you. Whoa, thank you. Yeah, Whoa. No, I, I try and get it correct. So no, I didn't like it. You add a little noise. I mean, I think it's a, it's a little more fun if it's like legit noise. I mean, we what's, like, le- what's legit noise? You no, know, like a little hoot, a little holler. I mean, that's I mean, that's our our fans are so good. I think like we lead the league, like the hoots, the hollers. So yeah, I mean, I you know I, I'm an old school guy, but I understand like early in the Oakland days, they would like to augment the sound because there was not a lot of people there. Yeah, I mean, a couple of times it's true. I mean, we'd like pipe in music. What kind of? Uh, you know, sometimes it was like, was it Dexy's Midnight Runners or a little dun, 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 That's legit. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, Tony, uh, I was wondering if you think Mark Mulder gains a psychological advantage over the hitter when they 
they dig in the batter's box and see how attractive he is, and maybe they start questioning their own sexuality. It's a great, Thanks. It's that a, is good. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, he uses it. There's no question. He uses it. I noticed that he was wearing a sweater vest one time he pitched. Yeah. He camps around out there. Come on. You know he's He prances using. around sometimes. I think, you know, a lot of times you look for the edge. Uh, sometimes a handsome fella is like an edge in himself. So you think that's what screwed up Tony Fosses? No, I think like you talk to your ball club is to be mentally strong. Like you get up there to Roger Clemens, got a little little growth, a scruff. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of the ball players respect the rocket, but then they they look at it and say, "There's a very handsome man on the mound." And a lot of times that's good for like a couple miles on a fastball because it's very disarming. Who's the most handsome man you've ever had the plan the pleasure of managing? Uh, so, so. No, that's I mean I. There's a lot, so many like good-looking fellas, but I, you know, like Eli Morales comes to mind. So I, I you know, the, the answer is you, you need to lock in. So we talk to our players a lot of times. You know, do not try not to make eye contact. Maybe there's, you know, I mean, I think. You think Mulder ever throws out a wink at the batter? Well, that's give him a come hither look. No, I see he's get a little too crazy, but I think like Dunk has talked to our pitcher. I mean, any time you look at the, look at the catcher. Is it going to look a one? It's a fastball. You like a two, it might be a curveball. Sometimes it's throw like the four four signal. It's like give a wink. <laughs> I had no idea about that. You got to pay attention. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff going on at Rams Park, and being that you're a major league manager, I'm trying to get a different perspective. All right, big, big issue about whether or not uh, the Rams front office blocked Mike March from getting a phone call into the coaching staff during the game on Sunday. I know you were thrown out during the NLCS. I don't know if you get on the cell phone and try to call Dunk. Well, so, but have when you was ever... I thrown out? What's that? I was thrown out? Yeah, you were. When? It was your buddy Cuzzy. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember. We don't want to talk about it? No need to talk about it. No, I don't remember. All right. You see the game? Has it Has it ever happened where you try to phone a message to Dunk and then Jockety runs down and takes the phone away? Uh, yeah, like like talking about the Rams, that's really difficult because uh, I got our, our club, but... You yeah. don't talk about other clubs unless you choose to. No, I, I, did, <laughs> I talk about our club. So, yeah, that, the situation, yeah, that's happened. But uh, nine times out of ten, it's, it's not Walt. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of other people that play in the in the tunnel. Like Fred Burr one time grabbed the phone. In the middle of a game. The, yeah. The mascot. I had a, like, a lot that I wanted to say to Dunk. I thought it was a legit point. Fred Bird said, this is from above. Really? So, a lot of times... I didn't even think that that thing could talk. Oh, it uh, can talk. Oh, in, it can talk. Yeah, you got to be in the tunnel. So, a lot of times, it's not like the person. It's not Fred Bird. It's somebody else. So, he's on strict orders. So the question is, you know, like, where did it come from? So, I believe it was Marty Hendon, but I, I cannot prove that. You're listening to Swope's Picks on 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM and InsideSTL.com. And we're pleased now to be joined by Martin Kilcoin. Martin, what's up? Buck, it's great to be with you. You know, Jack Buck called himself Buck. When he would talk about stories, he would say, Buck here, Buck here. So you are following in the footsteps of a legend, albeit at a later hour. Yeah, yeah. I actually met Jack Buck. I used to work at a Steak and Shake. It's since been demolished, but the Steak and Shake uh, in Rock Hill. Uh, Is this Mike Lee? 
It is not Mike Lee, no. Oh, okay. uh, but this was, he, he's, I think he's in Creep uh, Corps or, or somewhere out in West <laughs> County. But uh, no, this was in Rock Hill. I waited on uh, Jack Buck at the Steak and Shake in Rock Hill in the off season between 2000, I think it was between 1999 and 2000. So I think uh, it was right before the, the run that we're currently kind of still writing. And uh, he came in, just got a, a little vanilla milkshake and a steak burger and was as pleasant as can be. And it was like, Kind of amazing to see Jack Buck just sitting there by himself at Steak and Shake <laughs> on like a random weekday afternoon. And you think in 10 years, somebody will say, I met Buck Swope. I was working at the local racks and he walked in. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So we're, we're talking Ask Tony. We've got audio courtesy of the great D-Bear from mainly from 2005 and uh, the last year at the old stadium when they made it to the NLCS, of course, and lost to the Astros. You started covering the Cardinals professionally in 1997, is that right? That is, yeah, it's my first uh, year back in San Louis in 97. And that was LaRusse's second year, so it was fairly, you know, early on in his tenure. How long did it take for your Ask Tony persona to emerge? Uh, I have to say, so you're the first Ask Tony a historian I've ever talked to, but... Um, you know, probably like in 03, 04, I don't know when we started it on the show. I guess it was 05, but it was all based, and it was kind of an idea I had in my head. It was based on the Camel X Sunday morning call-in show. I mean, how many managers are doing a call-in show live on a Sunday morning? I mean, maybe they do a show where the local play-by-play guy or local talk show host interviews them and they play that, but taking live calls, and it was just, I kind of got addicted to it. I mean, I most people on Sunday get up and go to church. I had to get up and listen because, to me, it was two things that were fascinating. The people's questions were just so insane that they were hilarious. And yet, Tony, because in spite of his persona, is a very polite person. Right. Especially if he might be mad at the media, might be rude to the media. Very polite. You ask anybody who worked on the Cardinals charter, worked for the team, always polite, well-mannered. And if his players weren't well-mannered, he would call them out. And that's something I always respected. But he would get these calls, and they would just be old-timers that were kind of nuts. And they would say, and Ron Jacober would be hosting, uh, Tony, let's, let's go out to Centralia, and Bill's on a, Bill, on a landline? You know, like, who cares? And the guy would always have something crazy. Tony, I've been a fan for 58 years, and I was just wondering, how come these guys don't ever shuck hay anymore? Because when these ball players used to shuck hay, they were big and strong, and your guys are all breaking down. And would you consider taking them out to a farm maybe one afternoon to build up some strength? And now I'm laughing in my car, saying, and this is just absurd. And every time, Tony would say something very polite. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's, that's a really good point, Bill, because I, I was just talking to Mr. DeWitt about it, and they're like, no, you weren't. Right. <laughs> so he would give a respectful answer, no matter how ridiculous the question was, and that's kind of in my head how it all started. Wow. So when did you first get matched up with Tim McKernan? Uh, you were at the Two Fox, McKernan was that at the Four Fox. sounds like a weird like, online meeting you're talking about. But <laughs> the, the, the show itself, the show itself, you know, so Big League Broadcasting came in and took over five nights. I had done some local radio here and there, nothing on a real consistent basis. I guess I had done the Foxhole with Joel Goldberg at 1380. Sadly, there are no historians for the Foxhole, but uh, we had a lot of fun. We did it. didn't last. And then in the summer, maybe, of 2004, Bigley Broadcasting was going to assemble a new lineup. 
and uh, they met with a lot of different people. And I met, and at the time I was doing some TV segments with Brian Burwell of Post Dispatch. And so when I met with Big League Broadcasting, uh, you know, they said, hey, would you like to do something? I said, no, I'd like to do something with Brian because we're friends from TV and I think it would make sense. And, you know, I, the guy doing the interview, I don't remember now if it was Rob Weingarten or whoever, but they said, hey, well, we've heard a lot of good things. A lot of people have mentioned you and said you should be on this station some way, somehow. And I said, yeah, that's great. Maybe the thing with Brian would work out. And they came back maybe a day, maybe a week later and said, what about a morning show? What if it was Jim Hayes and Tim McKernan and you guys together? Now, we all knew each other from covering the teams and being in local TV, but I don't know if Tim suggested it. Jim said, I don't know where the suggestion came from. I think Jim had sat in a bunch with Tim and they played the sandbox or whatever <laughs> uh, Tim called it. But I don't know whose idea was totally, but Big League kind of came back and said, we want you to be part of it. But instead of you and Burwell, we want to do this morning show. And that would have been in the summer of 2004. And I think I probably talked to Tim a couple of times on the phone and said, what do we think? And then they came up with the name, and we all said, that is the stupidest name we've ever heard of. And yet, in hindsight, it was very clever, very catchy. And to this day, people will still yell, I love you when you're on the grind. You used right. to be funny. Right. So big league broadcasting is that uh, the Atlanta-based operation? That's the Atlanta guys. Yeah, also, they were going to change radio forever. They were tough. They were the tough and cool guys. Tough and cool, right, right. So did and you... they treated me fine. I mean, I could mock yeah. them all day. Yeah. I could mock anybody all day, but they treated me fine. That's fair. That's fair. Did you did you get any sort of blowback from the Cardinals organization? Like they had to have been aware of it. Were they quietly amused? Did they ever kind of give you any feedback? No, as far as ask Tony, no, not at all. Um, and I would say, unlike a lot of organizations, the Cardinals and like the higher up, like the DeWitts, Bill the Third, they, you know, I mean, Bill DeWitt the Third would go on and argue with, not even argue, but go on with Kevin Slayton all day long, and they're not afraid of anything. So I never felt like I was going to lose my media credential. I think my only concern was, well, boy, what would Tony think if he knew? And I believe it was the cat. And I said, don't tell him, for God's sake, don't tell him. I'm sure he's not listening. Don't tell him. And I think the cat might have told him. So one day I'm down there at the old bush. We'd probably done a handful of these, you know, just, they were stupid. I mean, the whole premise was stupid. And it was meant to be funny, but not. You're filling time. You're filling time on morning drive. I mean. Thank you. But Tony came up to me, always had the fungal on his shoulder in his pregame. And he came up to me and said, uh, you know, something about I heard you're doing an imitation of me, and I was like, oh, my God, let's crap my pants. I said, let me just tell you, it's totally respectful. It's it's just in fun. I said, we never talk about anything personal. If they mention your wife, your family, we move on. We dismiss it. You know, it's just about baseball. And he said, well, what, uh, what, what's the material? It's something like that. And I said, mostly I just reference old-time players. And he's like, like who? And I said, I said, well, like a, you know, like a John Walkenfuss or a Chet Lemon. Oh, man, Justin Lemon, what a ball player. And then he kind of gets lost in these thoughts about these old-time players. And he seemed fine with it. And the highlight probably of the whole run of the segment, he called in one time. I don't know where that audio is. He called in and took part in Ask Tony, which is just unbelievable. Which the people that think he has no sense of humor, think about that for a minute. I'm quasi-mocking the man. He called in. He's on hold. Tim's running point, and I can see on the computer screen, on hold, Tony La Russa. Right. And here I am doing my stupid song and dancing. 
that's a real legit question, man. I'll tell you, last night, and then they go to Tony. He comes on and says, uh, I've been listening, man. This is a really intelligent, I'm kind of surprised for your show. You got something intelligent on, but this guy is real special, whoever you have on right now. And he just played ball, and it was fantastic. Oh, so wow. whatever tension there was, that kind of ended. Yeah, I'm not sure that audio exists. I mean, we'll, if, we, if it does, we'll find it. Uh, the, the audio that I had to work with was mostly from 2005, so I, I imagine that might have been... Um, I mean, I wouldn't make it your life's work, year. but it would, be, it would be fun to have. I will say, related to that, we, we did it for a while, and Joe Buck called one time and said, my God, I just heard Ask Tony today, and he said, that is just unbelievable. He said, he needs to know about this, and I said, I think he does. And they were out of town, and Joe said, I'm sending him a text right now, that this is just phenomenal, and I'm like, oh, please don't. Don't remind them that we're doing it. But I know Joe had talked to Tony at some point about how it was funny and it was not disrespectful. And so that that may have been another high point. Just as far as ask Tony having kind of a life to it, um, after they won the World Series in 06, it was a Friday night. Now, Sunday, everybody's cleaning their lockers out, still smells like champagne, everybody's still happy. LaRusso is scheduled to do a TV interview for our Sunday night show, and I'm waiting, and he's in there talking to Bernie and Joe and all the Strauss and Hummel, all the writers. They're just sitting around shooting the breeze. I've got a photographer. I'm not going to be able to stay forever. I've got to knock this interview out. So I keep sticking my head in his office, and he knows I'm waiting. So finally, after about the third time that he sees me, he goes, yeah. And he says, you know, waves me to come in. And he said, I will do that interview with you right now. I know you're waiting for me. And he said, I'll do it right now if you imitate me in front of my family. And his wife and two daughters, Devin and Bianca, are sitting there with Bernie and Joe and all the writers. I was like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, this is awful. Talk about being put on the spot. And I think I did a little bit about how Meatloaf, the only tragedy was that Meatloaf didn't come to the Friday game, but the drummer from Black Sabbath was there. It's just something stupid. And you can't go wrong. I mean, you can't go wrong with old school music references. I mean, right. And so he laughed, and, his, and then his wife, Elaine, came up to me, and she said, you know, he says the same bleep to us at the house. She said, that stupid tie for first thing. She goes, we hear it all at the house. So she approved, and I, it was just kind of funny that he had, uh, it, I guess, it made an impression to him. I, I think that's the, the, the beauty of this is that he does have a sense of humor, and for those who didn't know it, maybe out of Ask Tony they figured out or learned that he did. He had a pretty good sense of humor. I mean, he did random stuff like you couldn't make up. That's why I asked, asked Tony was so weird and random because at times he could be a little random. He grabbed me on a pregame at the Old Bush, and he said, "This, that's Chris Isaac, man. He's right over at the batting cage." I'm like, "Chris Isaac, the singer? Yeah, man, go interview him." I'm like, no, "I don't, I don't need him." Oh man, go, go, go get him. Do do something. He'll love it. And so I went over and I interviewed Chris Isaac, and I I said, uh, "Hey." Mr. Isaac, hey, Chris. I said, Tony wants me to interview. He said, oh, cool, man. That's great. What are we going to talk about? And I said, I don't know. And we did some five-minute interview, and it was fine. But that was the randomness of Tony, but also, I think, the beauty of Tony. You did have a Chris Isaac reference in the clip that, that just aired. So, uh, <laughs> Well, that would it, make sense then. Calling Channel 2, the 2Fox, that started with Ask Tony, and it still lives on. People still call it the 2Fox. And right. then when Doug took over, they called it the 4Fox. And I remember Tim even saying, because I would flip some things, flip them around. And uh, I just heard it one time, on, and it was on Camelot, on one of those Sunday morning calls. He just kind of flipped something around, 
and I can't even remember what it was. But like, yeah, the whole team, they went out to the house, the, the house white in uh, D.C. or whatever. He kind of flipped something. And so then I just started flipping things around. And Tim even said on the show, oh, for God's sakes, you're taking a Hall of Fame manager and turning him into a terrible dyslexic. McKernan often jokes about sending passive-aggressive emails at 4.59 on a Friday afternoon, and he's mentioned the October 2006 trip to New York for the NLCS in that context. Do you want to give your account of what happened on that trip? I would say it. I mean, Dan Caesar wrote about it, uh, I think, plenty of the time. It, it, it basically was, you know, we were all tired. We're all doing the best we can. And I was in New York because Fox 2 paid for me to be there. We were carrying the NLCS game. So we had, you know, an hour pregame, an hour postgame. It was, it was, you know, it's not breaking rocks, but it was a lot of work. And I had done the shows. And on Friday, the cat and I grabbed a, a car, you know, they, not that we sent a car like we're Letterman, but we, you know, paid for a limo car ride into the city. It takes forever. I did the 7 to 9 shift. I had to leave early because it was a day game. That series, it was raining every game. For some reason, the game was Friday, like at one. And I had to get back. I had to get to Shea Stadium. And so I had to leave early. And I had told the producer the plan. The guys knew the plan. You know, morning drive, seven to nine is more premium, you know, slotting than nine to ten. That's why you put Larry Nickel in the seven to nine. Right. But I had to leave early. The program director, Jason Barrett, got really upset because I didn't tell him. And yet, a week earlier, he had said, your producers, your lifeblood, he's got everything. Your producer's the guy you talk to every day. And I'm like, listen, I did all of that. The producer was fully aware. And he just, you know, he was all been out of shape. And then he sent a huge email how people weren't committed and whatever. And the one thing that I just fly off the handle is whenever somebody says, you know, you, you don't care or you're not committed or they question my work ethic because... I'm proud of my resume as an employee, and you can always count on me. And if anybody I've ever worked for, you can count on me. I'll fill in for anybody. I'll come in early. I'll help out as much as I can. So it just set me off, and I just I couldn't take it. And I had the whole weekend to stew about it, and then we had the famous meeting where, you know, I think the cat called it like an out-of-body experience. He said he thought he was watching a movie. And I, I literally stormed out of the vault at 590 because I thought I was going to throw punches. And I'm like, i got to leave. I have to leave. Yeah, and, I, uh, but it was the it, the email was passive aggressive because it was sent to the whole station, but it was clearly directed at us slash me, and uh, that was the end of the morning grind. That email that was the end of it. Wow. I, I couldn't go back. Wow. Well, Martin, is there anything else you think we need to cover? Uh... It's honored to be here. It's been electric. You are legit, and this is uh, this segment is clearly tied for first. I love that Buck Swope. Buck Swope's an interesting cat. This is creepy a guy as you'll ever encounter. That's right, Buck Swope. Buck Swope, who you, Doug really is not comfortable with. Buck Swope. Kind of a shutter spook. Swope's one of the best in the business, for my money. Buck Swope. Buck Swope asks Doug his preference on shrubs. Ah! <laughs> I may sue Buck Swope. Buck Swope is drunk. I'm pretty high on Swope. If we need an old audio clip, Swope's gonna have it. Why? Oh no, I just know he does. Boys, I said we need a lot of Swope's picks, Doug. I mean, this this guy's already done what a bunch of guys have been bouncing around the market for like decades have never been able to do. A show that people want to listen to and generating revenue on it and a good attitude.
Swope here, reminding you that all episodes of Swope's Picks are available for download at InsideSTL.com. You can also find Swope's Picks on iTunes in the comedy section under S for Swope. He's got a job somewhere, doesn't he? He has a family. So does he have a job? I believe so. To answer Doug's question, I'm an IT consultant who has spent the last 12 years solving problems and providing solutions for people who needed help. I got my own set of problems. When you're at a technology roadblock, maybe your computer has crashed, or your printer stopped working, or your Wi-Fi sucks in general. I don't have Wi-Fi because my cable is out. Who do you call? The repairman's coming today. If this phone rings at any time during the show, I am answering it. And what if they can't help? They are not coming, and I won't have Wi-Fi for another three days. Then who do you call? Could not be nicer, has tried everything she could possibly try to make this work, but runs into roadblocks when she makes the call to somewhere. HQF is your lifeline. Highest quality fidelity. We solve problems that you don't have the time or patience to deal with. I mean, this has been the single one of the single biggest hassles. So much of this job boils down to trust. You had to do it at the time. Well, why didn't, at the time, you told me I didn't have to do it. Unless you are dealing with technology every day, you're going to have to take someone at their word. Yeah, but uh, I guess whoever told you that was wrong, and now you do have to do it. I've spent over a decade establishing trust with my clients. Well, I still haven't got this all resolved. Producing results, solving problems, and that's what keeps them coming back. Swap's one of the best in the business for my money. I pride myself on being able to articulate complexities into simple, concise explanations that even a non-technical person can understand. Oh, I think you need all that bass. Email swope at hqfstl.com. Special thanks to Martin Kilcoin for taking time from his busy schedule to join us. Also, special thanks to D-Bear for providing the audio archives that made this episode possible. The Swope remix you heard was made by Danny Hallgren. I forgot to thank him during last week's show. He's the genius behind Son of Daddy Butter and a number of other classic TMA sick beat remixes. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Get on with it, motherfucker. Oh, get on with it, motherfucker. Thank you for listening to Swope's Picks. Enjoy the mashup. Spanking, spanking, spanking. You look into somebody's past and you don't know what you're going to find sometimes. Gimp, gimp, gimp. You're experimenting. A lot of chocolate. Mm. You're scissoring with this guy because it was really hot out. Curious. They were curious, I guess. Mm-hmm. I got to be the bottom. Yeah, you'd have to be the bottom, of course. Who will bang the most guys? In a place called Uranus. Over the next year. I would bang you right now if you let me. I'm head of the class. I'm popular. When guys come to you to, to get whipped and spanked and everything? I can see how that would be hot. How old are they? There's some 80-year-olds banging, I bet. I'm sure the old guys are far more active than they were a few years ago before Viagra. Spanking. Ah! Really? Sub is the dickens. But guys don't meet each other and then all of a sudden go home and, and, and pleasure each other manually. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I thought rumors were true that he was just an ass. Ain't no. Anal. Strippy straps. That will get you wherever you need to be. Yeah. Perv out, baby. Perv out. Fupa is what again? Fat upper penile area. If you're not nude, 
You're a prude. No pasties. Follow me to Uranus. Ah! It's oh, damn near scissoring. Scissoring like the dickens. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was naked with a fella. I was at a barbecue. Draped around your banana hammock? Banana hammock? Banana hammock? Do not Great put that it. banana hammock picture up anywhere. Don't do it. It's kind of hot, though. It's not that hot. Ray Arroja says that picture was taken at his pool party last weekend. With the wearing a banana hammock and spreading your leg. You put that on Tinder, you are going to blow up. I'm shaking to my core. Oh, my God. That's a terrible shot. Oh, no kidding. Oh, there's parts of you I never wanted to see. One that you can almost see the gooch is the most Oh. Do it harder. Yeah. Do it this way. Lift this up. Come, come, come. Oh. Oh. There it is. Oh, God. <laughs>